0: This is BC Worldwide, a podcast of overseas instruction and counseling. We report on the biblical counseling movement around the world. I'm your host, Andrew Rogers. You can learn more about BC Worldwide on our website at bcworldwide.org. There you can read articles and listen to podcasts that tell the stories of God's grace through biblical counseling. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at BC Worldwide. Today we highlight the philosophy and purpose of OIC with OIC's founder, Dr. Wayne Vanderweer. I am greatly blessed to know Wayne and God has gifted us with a wonderful friendship over the past decade. In a blog post that he wrote and has been published on the Biblical Counseling Coalition website, he writes about the relationship between counseling and missions. He and I sat down recently to discuss his article and and talk about what he writes in that article and how that has shaped the ministry of OIC. Wayne, you're in Chicago today, or at least in the area?
1: Yeah, northwest Indiana, just outside of Chicago, yes.
0: Yeah, what's the weather like, buddy?
1: It's much better than it has been. Our snow is disappearing and... uh... It's getting slightly <laughs> warmer. I can tell you that it's now thir- 43 degrees at my house.
0: Wow. Which, uh,
1: to us, sounds like a heat wave. We're doing well. Yeah,
0: 43 degrees, and it's what? What are you at? You're 1230. And you're, so you're middle of the day. Yep. Oh, yep. that's wonderful. Okay. Well, you know. Sunny Southern California, you know. The Still day.
1: a huge snow pile out <laughs> back, which is wonderful because yeah. I throw the ball out there for the dog, and he runs up to the top of the snow pile to grab it, and and runs back down. It's kind of fun.
0: Yeah, I know you had put. Uh, I think didn't you have you and Cubby on uh, Facebook? I did. Yeah, yeah. put a little video. Yeah, you didn't post that to uh, overseas instruction and counseling. So I <laughs> no, I figured that's not really ministry one. stuff. That's really <laughs> personal stuff. So well, people, people that goes on wanna, the personal
1: Facebook page. <laughs> people
0: might want to know about him. So you know, <laughs> it
1: could be just find my Facebook page.
0: <laughs> we could have him and my Charlie, and they could be the mascots of OIC. Sounds right to me. So, but um, Wayne, you and I have spent. Uh, Man, we've just had a wonderful relationship over the years, and we've talked a lot about philosophy and philosophy, not only of just biblical counseling and biblical counseling in the church and so on, and and even the fact that biblical counseling, yes, needs to be in the church, but it also just needs to be part of the church as a whole, not always as a formal ministry, but minimally, informally, that people, Mm -hmm. all people, all God's children at some level need to be involved and opening up their copy of scripture and ministering that to the needs of others.
1: Agreed. Absolutely.
0: And so now here we are with this awesome opportunity and a heart for training and equipping trainers around the globe to help strengthen churches in this area. And so we've talked a lot about philosophy, philosophy of ministry, philosophy of of doing this overseas. Mm -hmm. And recently you wrote uh really, we're going to call it a letter, but it ended up being um, at least uh, put out there as a blog on the biblical counseling coalition blog. Um, and so that's biblicalcounselingcoalition.org, and it's called a letter to a colleague. Yes. And so um, I want to talk a little bit about that just because I want to talk a little bit about philosophy. Sure. Um, if we can do that here. Um, I guess it's a podcast we can do whatever we want so uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> we can talk about our dogs if we want to we can go down and that apparently road but...
1: we already did that <laughs>
0: <laughs> so or we can talk about the fact you always give me a hard time about being a Dodgers fan
1: yes I could do that now you're all decked out with your Dodgers stuff absolutely
0: so. and then we can talk about me giving you a hard time for wearing an OIC shirt all the time every time every yeah, time every time that's, that's right. right yeah so it's we can just go down, my down that
1: normal road apparel.
0: All right. But we won't go down that road today. So this one is a letter to a colleague. Can you set this up a little bit? Because I know you mentioned it in the article, but just set this up. How did this come to be a letter to a colleague? Sure.
1: As you know, we have now four coordinators in Brazil. One of them wrote me on Facebook, on Messenger, and just said, hey, I'm going to have this conference. I'm supposed to speak at a conference. And specifically, the topic they've given me is counseling and missions. So he's asking for advice. Where do I go with that? And so I wrote this letter to him in which I basically said, since they haven't given you really clear direction about what they'd like you to address, I guess I would address those two things. I would talk, I would, I would start with the assumption that probably you'll have people in your audience that don't understand counseling in the way that we understand the word counseling. They may think of some kind of a therapeutic methodology or a professional, a paid kind of a thing. So I would address what we think of when we think of biblical counseling and shift shift the thinking of the pastors in the audience to um, encourage them and embolden them to use the word of God to help people. And not to be intimidated by the fact that they don't have a university degree in psychology. Uh, They've never studied psychiatry as a medical specialty. So the question becomes, can a pastor who only knows the Bible and theology be effective in helping people? And the answer is yes, of course, if we're thinking about... Counseling as soul care, counseling as a ministry of the local church, through the local church, using the Bible to address uh, heart-based issues in people's lives. Yes, of course. Talk about counseling. And then talk about missions. And I didn't really unpack that in the article because I was running out of room. There's a certain (laughs) word limit on these things. Absolutely. So. So I have a friend who is a pastor, I think he's an ACBC certified biblical counselor, and he invited us to come and present the ministry of OIC at the church, thinking that this is the kind of ministry that the church should be supporting. So with, with great encouragement, I went and did that, and um, and he called me later, and he said, Wayne, um, we're not going to be able to really have a serious discussion about supporting OIC, and here's the reason. we have one elder among our elders who said when this when the topic was brought up about OIC, the elder immediately said, "Well, we can't support that. It's not church planting. Hmm. And the pastor said, I, "I don't understand. Well, the only thing we should be supporting is church planting. Missionaries going to unreached people groups. And starting, you know, sharing the gospel and starting, that's what we need to support. So the pastor was flummoxed and stymied at that point and thought, okay, so um, Wayne, at some point, six months or a year from now, you need to come back and explain the biblical rationale for us supporting a ministry like OIC. I did that. And in doing that, I talked about a shift, first of all, biblically. How do we justify this biblically? And the answer, of course, is pretty simply. If you read the book of Acts, we all familiar with Paul's missionary journeys because we have them in our color maps in the back of our Bibles. Um, so we're very familiar with what Paul did. He went from place to place, preached the gospel, and uh, in, by the grace of God, in many places started churches. In some places, he started riots and got kicked out of town. But in other places, churches eventually were born. But then by the time you get to chapter 14 in the book of Acts, and 14 and 15 and 18, what you discover is Paul saying, so I went back to strengthen the churches. Mm-hmm. And, or I sent someone else back to strengthen the churches. And of course, the bulk of the New Testament are letters that Paul wrote primarily some to people, but primarily to churches. He was always about the business of strengthening the churches. Nobody here, certainly not nobody in, in, in the orb of OIC would be negatively critical toward church planting or first contact kind of missions. Of course not. That's still needed.
0: I'm glad in you various places that.
1: around the world.
0: Glad you clarified that.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So we heartily endorse that as one kind of missions that does need to be done yet today. Uh, But we also have church strengthening kinds of missions, and that's what OIC is. So when I talk about this in a church, I have a little diagram, and I talk about, well, what is it that needs to be strengthened? And what needs to be strengthened are at least two different areas. One area is doctrine. There's a lot of really bad theology out there all over the world, primarily prosperity gospel theology that's been exported from America to poor nations, which is a shame. But we're not a theology teaching ministry. There are several of those that are really, really good and uh, with which we have a great relationship. But the other thing is not just theology, but also practice. So how do we help a pastor with not the public ministry of the word? We're also not a homiletics instructing ministry. There are also those which are very good and needed. But we're not talking about the public ministry of the word. We're talking primarily about the private ministry of the word. So pastors need to be strengthened in theology, in the public ministry of the Word. But what we do is we come alongside pastors to strengthen them in personal ministry, to help them use the Bible effectively to be able to address the challenges that are true in the lives of their people, challenges that frankly are true with people universally all over the world. Everyone sins, everyone suffers, Um, so we want to help Pastors know how to use the Bible effectively, compassionately, competently, to be able to address those challenges in the lives of their people. And then, as I said in the article, and then imagine a church where a pastor does that effectively with his people, trains people. He gets trained by us, then he goes home and trains people in his church, develops a soul care team, and then that church can become... A resource for their community to help hurting people introduce them to faith in Christ. That's step one, or to help other pastors or other churches in their region to also then learn how to use the Bible effectively.
0: So just to so clarify, this is kind of the big picture. yeah, to clarify that is, it, I mean, we're helping certainly coming alongside helping pastors learn how to minister the Word privately. Um, with their theology, with their homiletics, with their public as well. Now the private ministry of the word, but also the equipping ministry of the word, where as a leader, which Ephesians 4 again reminds us being uh, people who equip, fashion, supply, everything that they need for the work of the ministry, which fundamentally is speaking the truth in love. And so them also equipping their people to do ministry so that the church will build itself up. And then to strengthen others, uh, other pastors, other churches, and so on in the area.
1: That's right. Okay. So the idea of my letter to our friend in Brazil was to, number one, help him think about um, helping pastors reimagine to think differently about what we mean by biblical sufficiency-based soul care. And then number two, to give them a vision for how they can be used of the Lord sort of as local missionaries uh, in their communities to equip people in their churches and people in other churches uh, to be able to do this kind of work.
0: You had mentioned uh, somewhat of the outcome of this uh, when we talked about, you know, the question within your article was, okay, how do we work together? Mm -hmm. And so there were three questions that you posited Uh, in that article, uh, before the reflections, Um, you know, okay, so how do we work together, address the confluence of the two disciplines, okay, so answer the questions, can there be missionaries whose ministry involves teaching, training pastors to do, and train others to do, which I think we've just really gone through, in that, uh, in a great way, so should these missionaries actually do biblical counseling in the field, is another question, and then what would be a God-glorifying potential outcome? of biblical counseling missionaries. Uh, So can you speak to that, those two items?
1: Sure, glad to do it. I mentioned uh, the question in the article is, should these missionaries actually do biblical counseling in the field? Maybe uh, you remember, or anybody who heard the very earliest podcast remembers that in in the very earliest iteration of what we imagined OIC was going to be—the original name, actually, was not Overseas Instruction in Counseling. The original name was Overseas Instruction and Counsel. Mm. And the concept there was, I thought, uh, I envisioned a missionary organization where we would actually uh, do three things. One is to, to go to foreign nations and provide biblical counseling. hmm and then another thing we would do is to teach in uh, theological schools in other nations. And the third thing we would do would be to train pastors in biblical counseling. When I offered this to my, at that time, uh, seminary professor, uh, and I showed him the cool video that we had made to talk about these three initiatives, these three goals, you might remember, he looked at me and said, "Mm-hmm, very interesting, pick one. Sure. And I said, no, I think we can do all three. And he said, you can't, you can't do all three well. And so we settled on the one thing that we knew needed most radically to be done, which is to train pastors. And that's what we've been doing since 2006. But here's a thought that I had even at that time, is it possible? And I'm going to preface this by saying the answer is yes. (laughs) Is it possible under certain circumstances for missionaries to, biblical counseling missionaries, let's call them, to parachute in to a field and bring biblical, truly biblical counseling to let's say a team that's at odds with each other or a married couple that's really struggling, but they live in a foreign culture and that might be part of the reason they're struggling. Is it possible? The answer is yes. could potentially be done. Is it? Is it fraught with challenges? And the answer is yes. It is because if we believe that um, they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care, if it is true that key element number one in our seven key element process model is build the relationship, and it is, then to parachute in to try to minister to complete strangers sort of violates the concept that the first thing I need to do is to get to know people really well, to crawl into their world. Um, And the second thing in our program, in our paradigm is get the facts, Um, getting all the information that's necessary. I I normally say, ask a hundred questions, then ask a hundred more. You just can't get enough information when you're trying to help someone who's struggling. Um, And and we can't really do that on the fly or in a very short-term kind of a thing. So uh, we, at that point, thought it best not to make that a key element of what OIC was going to become. And we actually, at that point, changed the name to reflect that what we're going to do is training in counseling just Mm -hmm. just that we're going to train pastors and those they bring with them in biblical counseling and then they can do and i can't tell you the number of countries andrew in which i've had people come to me even during the training
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and they'll say something like "Um, hey if i brought my brother-in-law tomorrow to the to the training then afterward could you spend some time and talk to him because he's really and i say no be it, no, for a couple of reasons. One is I don't know the language. I don't. I can't spend the time that I need to spend to get to know him to ask the right questions. I can't do this. It's not Mick counseling. It's <laughs>
0: and the second reason is because and that's a reference to McDonald's, right? It is. Yes. Okay. Good. <laughs> sure. The
1: second reason is because. That's the reason we're training you.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> you can do it from your platform with language and culture already in the bag. You can do it significantly more effectively than I can do it. So you listen well and train well, and you help your brother in law, whoever it is. So that's happened repeatedly. So that's the answer to the first question. Um, we encourage, in fact, in our training, we encourage our coordinators not to. Council locals cross culturally, cross linguistically, um, unless it's absolutely seems absolutely necessary. I I would say I wouldn't say never. I would just say be really unusual to have a situation like that.
0: Well, and I think too. I think we're speaking to the fact that we're wanting to strengthen the church, so we do we do want them to be practicing it as a way of life, as a way of ministry, and so. There's a, there's a sense, too, we don't want people depending and growing yes. in that dependence uh, mm-hmm. on others to come in, but to recognize that, especially as followers of Christ, we do have a responsibility for one another.
1: Yep.
0: And, uh, and mm-hmm. so that's whether you're in the church in the States, whether you're in the church anywhere else, mm-hmm. that, that's universal. That's for every church, every culture. Uh, and so, uh, you know, I think we always have to be careful. Uh, and yes. when it comes to training, equipping, parenting, uh, is that we want to make sure that we're not in what we're doing to think about caring for people. We're not actually causing weakness. Agreed. Uh, and
1: so, okay. Shoot in the professional always seems like a, an easy way out, yeah. but it's not the best way.
0: Yeah, and I think I appreciate what you said there and, and maybe we'll we'll just close on that and just the sense that this isn't a this isn't a dogma. We're not we're not absolutely, right, right. you know, we're not saying absolutely you cannot. That's not the issue. Right. It's just that that is not what we're striving for. So, always knowing that hey, if there is a situation and you need to go ahead and take some time to counsel and, and many of our coordinators have and you need to do that, at some point you also need to pass them on. to somebody else that's there. I mean, and and this is a good practice, even in no matter where you are. I mean, even if you're in the States, I mean, I tell you one of the uh, wonderful aspects for me, just knowing that people are trained is that one time I went back to a church where I was, I had been pastoring for a number of years and there had been a number of people that had gotten trained and equipped. I came back at a later date to preach on a Sunday morning and the topic that was preached that day, the Lord used that in a person's life. The person came up to me, they were a visitor to the church. Uh Uh-huh. And they just began opening up about their struggles and so on and so forth. And, and then I saw somebody uh, from the church that had gone through all the training and had been a practitioner of opening their you know, copy of God's word and ministering to the lives of others. And said, oh, I need to introduce you to someone. Yes. And, and to be able to bring that person and to bring them together so that they then could engage in that relationship. Um, that was beautiful. Somewhat, and so, yeah, yeah and that, that's what we want to go for. Just again, I think coming back to what you said in the very beginning and especially what any kind of biblical counseling ministry, whether it's here in the States, I mean, wherever it is, uh, is to be about the strengthening of God's church. Yeah. Yeah. And that's
1: really the answer, in a sense, to the third question, which I reflected on earlier and I can do very quickly. And that is um, what I said in the article, the the potential imagined best outcome would be not just a pastor who is trained, but a pastor who goes home to his church and trains others. Mm. And then they in, in, in turn are able to have a, the kind of a church where everyone knows in the community all over that. This is the church where problems get solved Mm. and you want to be that kind of church. So a soul care team ministering to other pastors, other churches in a region that's a, wonderful potential outcome.
0: Well, there's nothing wrong with your church being known as the place where truth is spoken and people are That's helped. Right. That's yeah. right. That's right. Wayne, uh, you and I have been having a good time just hanging out with each other, and uh, we talk often and have uh, wonderful conversations. And certainly, I was introduced to you years ago and and uh, we talked about that in the first podcast I think you and I did together and um, but it, from a from a formal aspect, uh, you and I were introduced in two thousand and thirteen when I accompanied you and Susie to the beautiful country of Egypt yes and uh, where I was able to have a McDonald's quarter pounder. With a military tank outside. Yeah, that's right. That oh, was awesome. Yeah, I mean <laughs> that new. that right there. I mean that made my trip right there. No, um, that so, was new. Yep. So, so we we flew out to Cairo. We went up the desert road. We we had a wonderful time teaching in Alexandria, and I had the privilege of for the first time uh, being introduced on the field with the students to the academic programs yeah. that uh, got started with. OIC. Oh, so we talked about our CLTs, church leadership training. We've talked about how OIC got started in the first place. Okay. And so, but here's another aspect. And, and uh, if I remember correctly, I don't know if I remember, I don't remember everything well, uh, <laughs> yeah. but I'm, I'm thinking that I'm remembering correctly that this was not necessarily an initial plan. Uh, this, the CLTs really were That was the main force uh, of what OIC was gonna do. That's true. And the graduate program, but still came into being. So how did did that come about?
1: Yeah, it's really a great story. And uh, thanks for asking. It was not, you're right, not at all, part of the initial plan. But when we started, um, you recognize how how new mission boards are. Uh, There's a lot of things about brand new mission boards. First of all, it was just me and Susie. Secondly, we had almost no support. Third, we had no no clue what we were doing or how we were going to do it. We just knew that pastors around the world needed to be helped. And I had a friend now in heaven, a man who was working with a U.S.-based theological school that did its training primarily in the Middle East, and most notably at that time in Egypt. So in the curriculum of that school, there was a course called So This is a Master of Arts in Biblical Studies program, and there's one course in the Biblical Studies program called Issues in Counseling. Well, that's a good thing for pastors to study, no question about that. Um, But the president of the school at that time, a man of Egyptian background, um, said to my friend, who was in North Carolina, uh, who was by the way the vice president of this theological school, hey, um, who do you know that could teach a class on counseling? And my friend said, I have a friend who just started a ministry to teach pastors internationally about biblical counseling. I'd be glad to ask him. So desperate because they were, I was asked (laughs) to go to Egypt to teach a course called Issues in Counseling. Well, I'm assuming, as I always do, that when I'm going to do something like that, these precious believer friends, these church leaders, have no clue what we mean by the phrase biblical counseling. And they probably think it's just like counseling, you know, and then you start with a prayer and use a Bible verse, and it's secular counseling with a little bit of religiosity thrown in. So I thought probably what I should do is to, in essence, teach them not, quote, issues in counseling, but teach them an introduction to biblical counseling kind of a course to give them the biblical um, sufficiency argument, to give them the basic philosophy of how we proceed. So that's what I determined to do. Well, this this precious president, um, very suspicious, by the way, a a guy very in tune to good biblical theology and therefore very suspicious of anybody he didn't know, and he didn't know me, I was the friend of his friend, decided that what he would do, even though he had not resided in Egypt for 40 years, he decided he was going to assign himself to be my interpreter in the class. Now, that was an issue for a couple of reasons. One is, truthfully, uh, languages are, as cultures, are dynamic languages change over time. So truthfully, having not lived there for 40 years, his Egyptian was not really up to snuff in the way that it could have been or should have been. He was often corrected for the way that he said things by the students. Um, But it was also true and pretty evident to me pretty early that what he was really there to do was to spy on me to see whether or not what I was going to be saying was reflecting good biblical theology, which was his great concern. So I started the course, and there we go, and it was an absolute war, um, because all of the, by the way, 65 students, eight of them medical doctors, and an absolute war, because there had never been before in Egypt such a biblical sufficiency-based discussion of the issue of people helping, mm. counseling. And so here, what I'm doing, and, and these folks are reacting, oh man, Andrew, they would literally stand up and start yelling at me. At in, in one time, Susie actually had our little, she was filming a little, had her little iPhone in her hand, and she was scanning across the room, I said something, and at that moment, 10 guys stand up simultaneously and start yelling at me <laughs> and you can see on the, on the video, there's kind of a jerk, like, whoa, she's, she, you know, like, what, what, just, what just happened here?
0: Now, did anyone get on the desk?
1: And so, I, what's that?
0: Anybody get on the desk?
1: No, nobody got that high. No, oh, Okay. All right. But they were definitely standing up screaming.
0: Yeah. Okay. And,
1: uh, and so I, I, I said, okay, okay, uh, please, please, just uh, let me tell you something funny. This will make you laugh. Um, I know this is culturally appropriate for you to do this kind of thing let me tell you what we do in America. You'll laugh out loud, ready for this. When a student has a comment or a question, they actually raise their hand and then they wait for the professor to acknowledge them, which by the way, he can or cannot do at his discretion. Mm -hmm. Um, And they did laugh out loud, like what a stupid culture you must have. I agree. Anyway, (laughs) so the president on about the third day turned to me and he said, Wayne, I want to talk to the guys. Can I talk to the guys? And I thought, well, he's the president. Of course he can. Yeah. But I said to him, okay, lunch is coming. So at lunch, I want you to tell me what you say to them. Because he's going to talk to me, Egyptian, obviously. And he started talking, man, he was going after him. He was just yelling, pointing his finger, pointing at me, pointing at them, pointing at me. And I'm thinking, what did I do? What did I do? <laughs> anyway, we get to lunch. I said, okay, what was that? And he said, here's what I said to him. You guys are being disrespectful to this professor. He's come a long way. He's telling you the truth of what the Bible says, and you are acting in a terrible way toward him. You need to listen to what he has to say. I thought, okay, well.
0: Now, wasn't he against you? (laughs) He
1: probably was when we, we began, but by this yeah. time, he's right on board.
0: Yeah, that's great. Because he
1: recognizes this has everything to, you know, your, your counseling is only as good as your theology. This has everything to do with uh, using the Bible, using it correctly, blah, blah, blah. Man, he, now he's a fan after three days. <laughs> on the fifth day, he turns to me at, after class, and he said, you know, Wayne, what we need in Egypt— is a master's degree in biblical counseling.
0: Hmm.
1: Can you do that? And I said, Well, if you're asking, do I have, you know, the skill set that would allow me to create a curriculum? And I, the answer is yes, I can do that. One of my master's degrees is actually in education, so I can do that. Yes. What are you thinking? And he said, Well, the vice president for academics, my friend. He said, the vice president is here now, and so what you could do is you could create something and we could show them what you have tomorrow. <laughs> okay. okay. So you,
0: you showed up, you're gonna teach one class, and now you're at the end of the week and you're setting up an entire master's program for the school. Exactly. All exactly. right, I just wanna get that straight, so.
1: Yep, so that one class turned into the creation of an MABC program, okay. which the school then adopted And two years later, in September of 2009, um, we began uh, our first biblical counseling master's degree program in Egypt. Well, that school also has uh, divisions in Jordan and in Lebanon. So, two years later, in 2011, we started an MABC in Jordan. In um, I'm sorry, in Lebanon. That was a wonderful program, Mm -hmm. and uh, really, God used that in great ways. what happened was I was in the Philippines and we were doing a CLT. Some of the folks at the, um, I'm I'm sorry, Um, I was someplace else, maybe in Russia, that's where it was. I was in Russia doing a CLT and some of the folks there heard about what we were doing in Egypt and they said, hey, um, would you come and talk to us in Ukraine at Kyiv Theological Seminary in Kyiv, Ukraine, the capital, would you come and talk to us about uh, MABC uh, in our school?" And so I did that probably in 2010, 2011, we were starting another. In fact, the MABC in Lebanon and the MABC in Ukraine started in sequential months, one in September, one in October. So we're launching two brand new uh, MABCs in two very disparate countries. A little bit later, I'm getting a report in the Philippines to one of our churches. And I'm talking about this. There were people there from a seminary in Iloilo, Don Baptist Seminary. And they came to me and said, You need to come to Ilo Ilo. I don't even know where that is, of course, at that point, right? <laughs> you need to come to Ilo Ilo and talk to the leadership at Dome Baptist Seminary. And uh, so I did, and long story short, 2014, we started a 14 or 15, 16, I'm not sure when, we started another MABC, and you know some of the rest. It's been just pretty remarkable the way that God has opened the doors for these programs. You, of course, were then not only a professor in the MABC program in Egypt, that's where we first spent time and hung out. That's right. uh, and uh, but beyond that um, you then later um, in in your role as a pastor for discipleship and soul care at a local church we asked you if you would become the director of the academic programs yeah uh, for your first work with oIC was adjunct professor and then director of academic programs uh, for OIC and then that has just continued to expand
0: yeah well and that's I mean it, it's amazing how the Lord starts things. I, I think, uh, again, often what we talk about here is um, uh, God's gracious stories. And, uh, and so this is certainly one of them. And uh, so we, yeah, I mean, we have, uh, so NTCGS, that's, that's the school that's overseeing Egypt and Jordan and Lebanon and now Kenya. And, uh, and then Kiev Theological Seminary in Ukraine. How many, and we've graduated a few Uh, we've had a few graduations through them. There's actually been
1: four. Yeah, there's been four cohorts that have um, been held and graduated. We're on cohort number five right now, and cohort six begins in September, Lord willing.
0: Yeah, and a number of the students have gone on and, and started biblical counseling ministries, one in their own churches as pastors. They're doing it themselves. They're equipping others to do it. They're strengthening their own churches. And then some are going around their regions uh yes. and going all over the place helping pastors uh in that area and um, and then we even have some that have gone on from the program and did and furthered their education
1: yes
0: and uh and I know some have gone on and and uh are working through doctoral studies right now and and so on and then uh, so then Doan Baptist Seminary in Iloilo Philippines, and then more recently the Presbyterian Theological Seminary in manila yes and then in uh, uh-huh and a few others we're, we're, we're talking with. Uh, yeah. And so it, it's exciting to be a part of it. That's for sure. And to see what the Lord is doing uh, with these students. Oh, and they're, they're just precious students. And, and we have, um, and these schools are all uh, listed on our website, discoveroic.org in the resource section. Uh, there's just a section in, um, called biblical counseling friendly schools. And so in there are a number of the schools in the United States, but then also the schools we've been working with overseas. But I, I do want to piggyback on something you said. You, you, you mentioned the fact that when we went to Egypt, that that was at least uh, a place where we hung out um, and hung out, you know, doing the ministry together in official, formal uh, capacity. But, uh, you know, you, used, you purposely used the word hang out. Yes, I did. Because this became an issue with us, right? Yes, it did. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't remember if we've talked about this before on BC Worldwide. I don't I'm know not if sure. you remember or not. Um, but, uh, you know, long story short is you had no clue what it meant.
1: We were in the little uh, transport that we had heading back from um, just west of Alexandria. The yep. uh, classes are held there in a beautiful conference center. Uh, But it's about a four hour ride up and down the desert road between Alexandria and Cairo. We were on the way back to Cairo, getting ready to head to home. You and I were just chatting and you said in your in your central California raised kind of way, (laughs) we should just hang out sometime. Sure. I had no, no idea what you were talking about. Yeah. Um, and I looked at you quizzically and you said, you know, hang out. And I said, no, I don't know what that means. What's our agenda? What are we going to talk about? What's the plan?
0: Oh, like, yeah. No,
1: no not, not a plan, not an agenda. Just hang out. I yep. could not get my mind around that.
0: I know. I tell you, man. <laughs> yeah. Just to, just to actually just be with one another. No agenda. <laughs> Talking about whatever. <laughs> Uh, getting to know each other. I mean, yeah. And so, and I think we actually after that, then I think you came down to uh, where I was at the time in Carmel, Indiana, and yep. uh, we went out, had big old burgers, and, and we uh, hung and out. We hung out, and then we we walked the trail, and and just yep. talked and got to know each other, and uh, yep. and here we are, still doing yep. it.
1: <laughs> yep, and I have learned my, my education has been enhanced.
0: Yeah, buddy, that's and, awesome.
1: And my life has been enhanced by hanging out with you.
0: Oh. you. oh, well, you're very kind, and it's, it's certainly mutual. This is BC Worldwide, a podcast of overseas instruction and counseling. You can learn more about the biblical counseling movement around the world at bcworldwide.org. If you'd like to know more about the ministry of OIC, go to our website, discoveroic.org. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. If you'd like to receive regular updates on God's grace through biblical counseling, please sign up to be an OIC insider by clicking the Pray button on our website. Lastly, will you consider giving, giving to the efforts of OIC to train biblical counseling trainers around the world? If so, you can give electronically through our website by clicking the Give button. Well, I'll share with you more about God's grace next time at BC Worldwide.